Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening and welcome to Heroes 101 Radio, your uh, constant source of good vibes and optimism and all things positive. So I am, as usual, your confusingly accented co-host from the East Coast. Uh, This is Spectre from the New York Hero Initiative. And I'm joined, as ever, by my lovely co-host from the San Francisco Hero Initiative, Rock and Roll. How How are you this evening, my dear? I am so excited to be here tonight. Yeah, you and me both. It's been a little while, hasn't it? It has been. It's been a little. We took our summer vacation, and now we're we're done and we're back. So, and boy, are we back! Um, uh, before before we get into that, uh, for those of you who've never never heard this show before and who were wondering why the hell we're called Heroes One Hundred and One Radio, uh, do you want to give them a, a little brief summary there, my awesome co-host? Yeah, so you know, I, I, so we are part of a group called the Hero Initiative Group, and and really our whole purpose in life, as it were, is it, it's really action versus inaction. It, it's seeing seeing a problem and, and filling a need, and and that's what we do in our communities. We we work on things like uh, feeding the homeless. We do outreach events. We uh, we do free martial arts classes for at risk communities. Uh, we do public safety patrols. We help out local police units in. In, in major crimes, and, and we do things like emergency preparedness. So essentially, our groups are a group of volunteers, and wherever we see a, a need for a service in our community, we try to f- f- feed that need and, and fill a gap. Wow. that We sound we sound pretty nice, you know, like really nice people, don't we? <laughs> we're, we're not bad. <laughs> Once in a while, yeah, yeah. You know, we know some real life... Super villains also, but really they're just people who keep the real life superhero community on their toes and keep them accountable. So uh, we're always recruiting. We are a global network of people from here to the UK, um, and we have uh, branches all over. And if you'd like to join us, we'd love it. We've got a cape for everyone. Or if you don't want our cape, you know, like Edna Mode says, no capes. Um, but, but we'd love to have you join us. All you have to do is look up Hero Initiative Group on Facebook or heroinitiativegroup.com, and uh, it'll tell you all about us. So, and yeah, speaking we, we've about, got a load of stuff later in this show about some of right? the events that we're doing, some of the uh, programs that we've got going on at the moment, and a whole load of other updates. Um, but I, I think, you know, at this point, we, we really don't want to detract too much for, from the awesome guests that we have uh, waiting in the queue, so uh, I, I guess my thought is uh, let's get this show on the road. Yes, absolutely. Woo! And with that, who are our wonderful guests? 
Our wonderful guest. So, you know, I bumped into our wonderful guest actually as part of my own summer vacation, which involved um, a comic convention up in Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. And uh, it, it's an awesome convention, actually. I could wax lyrical about it for hours, but um, I got to meet Adrian Pazdar and Greg Grunberg and, and some very, very cool people, which, uh, you know, is always a pleasure. However, um, I learned about our guests at that event um, where... Rather surreally, uh, our first guest that I was going to introduce, I saw singing cabaret at something called the Dark Knight Club, which was a comedy roast of Batman um, oh, by man. the Joker and Egghead and and, but, and Alfred the Butler as well and, and Catwoman. Um, and it was really irreverent and really, really funny. Um, but, uh, you know, I learned about, I learned about the, uh, a, a group um, that we're going to introduce tonight who do a lot of work around anti-bullying, particularly in the, the whole cosplay and the comic convention scene. So without further ado, I wanted to introduce um, our two guests tonight who are uh, Chase Masterson of uh, Deep Space Nine fame and uh, Carrie Goldman, who's a, a published author around uh, anti-bullying work as well. So uh, welcome, Chase and Carrie. Thank you. So, you know, I've got to say, uh, aside from the Dark Knight Cabaret, and I must say you did an, an awesome job there, uh, you know, proper proper cabaret singing, which uh, Rock and I are kind of music fans, and uh, it's uh, something close to our own hearts, so you did a great job there. Um, but, you know, I was a huge, huge Deep Space Nine fan, and I can imagine the hate mail queuing up in my inbox as I say this, but Deep Space Nine was, for me, the ultimate Star Trek show. You know, I, for me, the whole exploits of Benjamin Sisko and, and the station there was, week to week was just, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, phenomenal to watch, and it was a real kind of, um, a real edge-of-your-seat uh, show. So <laughs> I, uh, I was a big fan then as well. So I, I'm geeking out over here in New York. <laughs> Always nice to hear. Thank you. And it brought me here, so it's even better. Yeah. And it, it brought me to working with Carrie, and um, she's doing amazing work daily. And it's just really exciting what, what the coalition is starting to, to get to do, too. So I, I was going to ask you, maybe you could explain for our, for our listeners who haven't heard of the, and, and I guess the official name is the Pop Culture Hero Coalition. Is that is that correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yes, we're, we're both kind of giving each other room to talk. So, <laughs> right. Go ahead, Carrie. You, you, go ahead. Oh. Do, do you want to tell about the whole origin sure. and everything? And how, yeah. Yeah, sure. So actually, it's funny because originally we were calling it the Pop Culture Anti-Bullying Coalition, um, which is very clear as far as what our mission is. You know, doing work to combat bullying. But in in speaking with our our third um, co-founder Matt Langdon, who does a lot of work in heroism we decided that we wanted to put a pro-social positive spin on what we do. And so by calling it now the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, we it requires a touch more ex- explanation, but essentially we're looking for people to act as superheroes in real life in the context of taking a stand against bullying. And so, you know, the the comic convention audience is a group of people who are so oriented towards stories and towards superheroes, and they I, they really look up to and admire when the, the superhero comes on the scene and is able to save somebody. And we're trying to help them find and recreate that story in small ways in their own lives so that when when you see someone who's being put down or you see someone who's being harassed or you see someone who's being harmed, finding that inner courage to be your own superhero and 
and come out and take a stand against it. And, and that's really the, the history behind our name. Yay, well said. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it's funny, I, I, obviously you may have noticed from the accent, but I come from the UK, and, and one thing that I notice um, since moving to the United States, and I have two young daughters who are 9 and 11, and uh, my youngest daughter has been going through her first kind of social studies course, and it, it, it's made very important to young kids, much more than I, I ever found it was in Europe, that... Um, that, that there is a social, uh, sorry, a, a sense of social responsibility and social awareness, um, much more than I'd ever experienced when I was a kid. And you know, my, my youngest daughter's been going through this program where they, they they have this this thing called the one, and the idea is, when you see something happening around you, you should be the one person who steps up and says, "This is not acceptable." You know, I'm going to step in and, and help this person who's the underdog, or you know, step in and try to to right a wrong. And and it, it's really the same kind of message, and uh, it, it's something that that really gives me me hope for society is to see people uh, you know stepping up and, and making a difference like that without a doubt it's pretty exciting and and the whole way that it's come about is, has been very very organic um carrie uh, is is the author of, of one of the go-to books on ending bullying um you want to tell about the origins and Katie and everything? Sure. It's kind of, it's it's certainly an interesting story as to how Chase and I became connected. So it's been, it's hard to believe this, but it's been um, five years ago now that my, my, I know my, my oldest (laughs) child who is now in sixth grade was a first grader and she was a huge star Wars fan. She still is. And, when she was in first grade, she was very excited because we went to pick out her um, school water bottle and lunchbox and backpack, and she got a Star Wars backpack and Star Wars water bottle, and every day she was very excited to carry it. And then in November, one day she came home and she said that her water bottle was too small and she needed to find a different one, and I watched her root around in the cupboard until she found a different one. It was a pink one with a butterfly, and it happened to be even smaller. So I said, really? That that water bottle is even smaller? And she uh, started to cry and told me that a group of boys was following her around um, to her locker and at lunch and saying things to her along the lines of, you, you're a girl, you can't like Star Wars, you're not allowed, This, you know, Star Wars is for boys. And so I wrote an article about it for my blog um, that was titled Anti-Bullying Begins in First Grade and talking about how gender-based marketing um, that was happening in our culture was sending this really dangerous message to children as young as six years old about what toys can and can't be played by people and how it translated into this exclusion and this relational aggression um, and was actually causing my child to want to change who she was and, and what she liked. And so the article just went crazy viral. Um, and in thousands of people reached out to us within a very short time, um, one of whom was Chase. And so I, when I decided that I was going to do a bigger exploration of bullying in our culture, Chase was one of the people who I decided to interview for the book. Um, because she had shared how, as a sixth grader, she had had experiences with exclusion. And so, you know, I wrote the book, and then 
I wanted to stay in touch with Chase, and I said, do you think we could do something together at San Diego Comic-Con? That's right about when Bullied is coming out. And Chase was so enthusiastic, and she just ran with the idea and took this energy and this life to it, and really from it came the root of the coalition. And in that very first Comic-Con, so the book, it took a few years to write. It would be 2012 was when it came out, so two years later, um, we basically launched and had a panel, and Chase did an amazing job of helping connect people like me who are on the research and the writing side with actors and actresses like herself who are more publicly known in the Comic-Con world who could draw people in uh, to see the work that was being done, and it's been really, really special. Thank you for that, Carrie. Thank you. It's, it has been so much fun, huh? <laughs> yeah, Thank you. it's been crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's really yeah. neat. Yeah, yeah. We love what we're doing, and, and our hearts are fully in it. And I, I find myself, you know, I mean, Carrie does this, you know, daily. She's one of the go-to speakers in, in the country for, for this and, and travels around and, and all of that. And And, you know, as I've learned more about it and read the book, which is fantastic, you guys, I, I just—it's it's hard to stop thinking about. It's—it's it's kind of what I wake up thinking about these days because there's so much healing and wonderful stuff that can happen for people it, it, relatively easily. I mean, there are answers, and and you know, she's got strategies and and uh, encouragement and healing. And I, I, I'm rambling now, but it's just really fun. Right, and and I must admit, one of the things that really resonates. With me, with the, the the thing that you were just talking about, is my my eldest daughter, and actually both of my daughters have always been, I guess, what I I would always have traditionally called tomboys, and mm-hmm. you know they've always been into boys' toys. They like Transformers and they like cars, and you know they had no interest in dolls and pink stuff, and uh, um, and you know going to comic conventions, <clears throat> they both tend to dress up as male characters now as well, and. My eldest daughter in the Connecticut Comic Con recently won um, the, the children's cosplay competition. Oh, wonderful! As a, a Pokemon of all things, just a, a completely <laughs> wacky, out of this world character that she kind of made the, the costume herself. Um, but it wasn't at all feminine, and she she won the competition. And actually, her prize was a 3D model of her in her in her costume. Um, oh, that's cool! Wow, yeah, how fun! Cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I love the fact that there is acceptance there, but obviously, you know, from I guess from the fact that you're doing the work that you're doing, there there must also be a, a lack of acceptance there in you know, in some people as well, I guess. And well it's very interesting because there's been a huge uh, catalyst to this in the past month even, where as a result of so many people doing the work we are doing, particularly around gender based marketing of toys, um, it was all over the news last month when Target decided to change the way they label their toys because for years they've had a pink aisle that is called girls' toys and a blue aisle that's called boys' toys. And so many people have been, you know, tweeting them and talking and saying, look, this creates these harmful stereotypes that Target decided they would go ahead and, you know, now they label their toys according to toy function. So they're building toys and there are role-play toys, and there are nurturing toys. Um, but it's funny because you, you comment how there must be some people who aren't on board with this. When Target announced that they were going to do away with labeling things for boys and girls, 
there were thousands and thousands of people who went up in arms and said, you know, oh, you're pandering to some agenda and you're trying to make all our children gay. And, you know, there were huge numbers of people who were not on board with this and who wrote right. in saying that a girl's place is to play with a doll and a boy's place is to play with, you know, the Lego kits. And that's that. So it was very interesting. Oh, what a world. <laughs> now, that's You know what? That uh, I have uh, sons myself and, and my youngest one right now, just like Spectre's um, children, they, he doesn't care who's supposed to be playing with what toy. He, he happily plays with whichever toy makes him happy. So it's nice to see that Target is getting mainstream, you know, with following the agenda that, you know, we're all hoping it will. You're right there. I've seen a big outcry, but just like with a lot of things that are coming up, you know, the, the, the gay marriage laws, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to, we're going to run into that, that, you know, um, just line of defense to hold on to whatever last bit of quote unquote tradition that people you know mm-hmm. feel should be held on to. But hearing about you guys, gives me hope and and knowing that you've teamed up with and this is great i'd I'd like to ask you how you did this with the united nations how did that happen (laughs) it's fun huh i I, kind of love the story well we decided to bring in people and and teams to make it a true coalition to gather as much energy as we could into this arena and and just to tell you we are the first group ever doing this at a convention nobody's ever done this in the pop culture world before which is pretty cool um so carrie brought in the anti-defamation league which is a wonderful group that they they do a lot of anti-bullying work worldwide right um and and she speaks you speak with them and and work with them quite a lot i do yeah i do i i gave the keynote at their um, cyberbullying conference and i do work right. with them here in Chicago, you know, they're a wonderful organization. And so I thought, well, you know, why don't we ring in the UN? So <laughs> I, I called them cold. I looked up their number online. I had no contact with anybody there. And I just said, hi, um, this is Chase from Star Trek, and we're going to go work against bullying at Comic-Con. And I know you guys work against bullying, like, with countries. So... We think it's the same kind of thing, though. It's the same issues. Do you do you want to come do this with us? And they were like, oh, my gosh, we've always wanted to go to Comic-Con. So they jumped in with both feet right wow. away. Like, Here, here's our high-res logo. Please put us on everything that you've got. We want to be your partners. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty fun. And Anti-Defamation League did, too, because of Carrie's uh, relationship with them. And um, we had a lot of support in the first year with this kind of stuff, and, and we haven't kept working with all of these groups, but Girl Scouts of America, Carrie brought in, and um, the No Hate Campaign has worked with us, I think, four or five times now, And because um, they came to uh, WonderCon and they came to uh, uh, Kamikaze as well. So we've had, you know, I mean, to get the founders of No Hate is a really kind of a big deal, too. So mm-hmm. more, but it's I, what I think is wonderful is having, like, Girl Scouts of America and No Hate and the UN and, and really people coming from every corner of the spectrum to stand up for all of us, 
you know, I mean, this is everybody's job, everybody's business. And I love, you know, that these groups have never really worked together before, but now they are. So... Now, Spectre, I, I, you know, we tend to think a lot alike, which kind of scares us both. But um, <laughs> we're—I I don't know if you're thinking what I'm thinking about this partnering up, um, because our, our what our group does is uh, we—we were saying at the beginning of the show, we, um, you know, we we're partnered up with a, a huge group called the Real Life Superhero community you know and it's it's just people who want to do good for their communities they you know they tend to dress up and uh go out in costume and do patrols and such um our group doesn't dress in costume as much except for maybe uh public you know big events but what we do is is we try to you know we try to teach the bullying uh, anti-bullying we teach um free self-defense to at-risk groups like the LGBT groups um, and things like that. And, you know, I could just picture a whole group of people that, that walks around Comic-Con making sure that their presence is known, that they're there to help no female or male be harassed, you know, by anyone at a Comic-Con. And that's because a big issue. Yeah. That is. I We've seen it firsthand. And yeah. uh one of the big things that we do, especially in the RLSH community and, and in our group, is patrol. We work with our local law enforcement, um, and we take the you know the police uh, citizen police academy classes and such, and uh, first responder and community emergency mm-hmm. classes to try to help out. So I'm thinking future partnership with you guys. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I think wonderful. it'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be wonderful to know yeah. that there's someone walking around these groups, walking around Comic Con, saying, "Yeah, you can't do that here. That's it's not okay." Right. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> Please hook us up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's the message. I was going that to say, after being in the store welcome. a couple of weeks ago in, in Connecticut and having some kid dangling on the back of my cloak for about for about the first three hours of the conference, I I would be glad for someone to be telling people to get off, and it's not okay to touch people. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just joking aside, actually, you know, I, I was at an event literally an hour ago just before this. It was actually a mayoral debate for a, a local mayor, um, and... Uh, which was slightly surreal as a, as a Brit. But um, aside from that, someone actually came up to me and said that they would love to do an event with us at New York Comic Con um, to basically shine a spotlight on the sexualization of women in video games. And, and That is a huge thing that I write about. It's a big issue. And it's what's interesting yeah. about it is that it's so frightening for women to even write about it because even if you – if you write about the sexualization of women or anything that's perceived as negative on gaming, you come, you come under a risk of a huge amount of online attacking. It has happened to Felicia Day and Anita Sarkeesian and other yeah. prominent female gamers um, who talk about tropes in gaming. So, um, you know, I think it's great that more men are recognizing and wanting to talk about this issue too because i think it's seen too often as something that only the women talk about yeah absolutely yeah 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 absolutely yeah. That, that's a very good point yeah and carrie what were you saying about the message you were saying something a few minutes ago about- oh he, um he was when we were just talking about the message around oh people should not be doing things they shouldn't be doing at comic-con that that type of messaging is becoming more 
uh, widespread because if you go to certain conventions now, you'll even see giant signs saying cosplay is not consent, it's not okay mm-hmm. to touch, you know, it's not okay. And so that message is starting to be more mainstream than it certainly was a few years ago. I would say even in the past year is when I'm really seeing more of the signs that say cosplay is not consent and be respectful. Yeah. Yeah, we do quite a bit of work with Read Pop, and they do New York Comic Con and C2E2 and PAX and uh, Star Wars Celebration, and um, we've we've done two of their cons several several times now, and it, they they're fantastic about that. They have a very fans first approach, and they've hosted us and given us a booth, and and really been supportive of this work. Yes, they they're great about supporting the work. And what's interesting, you know, you mentioned, oh, you'd like to be at a convention and be a presence. It's interesting to actually be there in those front lines. Like we ha- we have a booth set up uh, where people can come, and so many people do come and share their stories of of what has happened to them. And it's you know, people will come into the booth and and they'll cry and they'll talk about what happened, and then we give them these little note cards where they get to handwrite a message of support to um, someone who's being bullied. And then I take those messages and I bring them to the schools that I visit so that kids who are having a hard time receive just a, you know, a handwritten note of encouragement from a stranger that says, I've been there, you'll get through it, hang, hang in there. So I think that there really is a, um, a market really in conventions for people who are there as as support figures. I think that a lot of the people who come to conventions come because they are seeking community and they've been lonely and they've been isolated and they want that type of, of additional service at a convention. Yeah, it is. It's a really good fit. It's pretty exciting. And the, the cards are wonderful. Um, the cards were um, created by uh, the group you brought, Carrie, um, Brave Girls Alliance, right? Didn't mm-hmm. they suggest yep. doing that yep. a couple years ago? They they did start doing that. Um, they what they did was they they had people writing on cards, you know, being a brave girl means, and then people would write their own messages. And I I decided to adjust it for our purposes and have it be people coming to write notes around being, you know, being bullied means this, or getting through being bullied means that. So it's pretty exciting what some of the the, the the cards say. They say, you know, a lot of those things, it gets better and, and hang in there and you be you and don't let anybody think that, you know, that it, make sure you remember that you're special and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And, and then some of the some – of, um, yeah, go ahead. Some of, some of the most interesting ones are – and these aren't as common, but we see these too – are the ones that say things like, I was a bully, I'm sorry. I've changed, you know, and it's really powerful to see that because it makes you realize that people are, are not unchangeable creatures and that it is always possible to hope for restoration. And so to see those types of messages from someone, I was a bully, I'm sorry. It shows Mm -hmm. us that you want to be there. You want to reach someone and get them to question and and rethink the, the way that they treat other people. Yeah, it's I, really I profound. That. I mean, I, you know, do you find that many many people come forward? You know, I guess, you know, do people come forward and say, you know, I'm Bob, I'm I'm a bully, I've got a problem, or, you know, is it people more coming to you towards you saying, 
you know, what problem are you trying to fix? This is just human nature for, for some people to be strong and some people to be weak, you know. That is a a fascinating discussion to get into with people. Um, I have definitely had some people walk up when they see what we do and say, you know, what's the point? What's the point of all this? You know, this is just socialization and survival of the fittest. But I, I actually wrote an article about that for CNN. Their general message, those people, is, hey, doesn't being bullied either make you stronger or weed you out? And there's a lot of scientific research that shows that, in fact, being bullied does not make you stronger, that it has long-term damaging psychological effects. And yeah. so that whole idea of, oh, we should just let let it be because it'll toughen up those people who need toughening up, really what happens is those people who need toughening up end up with panic attacks and other social anxiety issues and depression, and they don't get tougher. They get more broken. So that is the answer I give to people who say, let's just let them toughen up. Well, you know, a, a perfect example of that, I was listening to a, um, another blog talk radio show, uh, and they were talking, you're absolutely right, they were talking about the psychology of it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing. Everybody can remember when they were bullied, at, at least one incident from their oh, childhood. Yeah. And yeah. that's how Strong. You're absolutely right. That's how uh-huh. much it affects you, and you carry that with you. So, yeah, right. it's 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 not okay. It doesn't make you tougher. It, it you still you're scarred. You know. Well, so. there's another factor too. A lot right. of the people, a lot of the people who say, "Oh, it makes you stronger," they are from another generation. It's people my age and older who didn't grow up with the internet, and so their memory of being bullied was being picked on in the schoolyard, and then a lot of them will say, until one day I decked that bully, and he never bothered me again. And they're like, so that's proof that it makes you stronger. And what I tell them is, yeah, but these days someone being bullied could be receiving hateful comments from, you know, hundreds of strangers on the Internet. It's not like you can just punch that person out and then they leave you alone. It's a different dynamic. So, you know, you have to appreciate what kids today deal with. It's not the same bullying as our school yard bullying when we were kids. I kind of have a personal story myself that I always tell my own kids about, about that kind of theory that, you know, they, because they hear all the time, if someone's, if someone's bad to you, you just smack them upside the head and they'll soon learn. And, you know, when, when I was a kid, I was in boarding school in the UK and uh, proper Harry Potter style. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> there was bullying going on there. I was a very small kid. I was a ginger kid. You know, there was not, not a lot going for me. And, um, so oh, and, and I say that about yourself. Uh, We're not going to let you say that. Right? <laughs> no, no, no self-bullying either. No. <laughs> I'm just yeah. compliments. Um, Don't bully but, yourself. <laughs> so I, I put myself through martial arts classes, and I learned some self-defense, and I, I stuck up for myself against this one particular bully and proved myself I was, you know, the, the big man on campus. And that night, a bunch of them ganged together, grabbed me in the dormitory, uh, boiled a kettle of boiling water, and poured it yeah. on my leg. And oh I, my yeah, god! Yeah, I was so badly burned. I couldn't walk for twelve weeks. I was on crutches. Oh my god! Um, now that's so, you know, criminal, but, I, I think, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but that know, does for me, show for me, the whole uh, you know just man up. It, it doesn't work. Uh, you know, even if right. you do, yeah. it doesn't work. And because if you humiliate someone who's acting like a bully, I mean, someone who's acting like a bully is already insecure. So if you do, you know, humiliate them, they have a very strong desire for revenge. And 
these days there's a lot of, of different opportunities to get revenge with the Internet out there. So you have yeah. to actually be careful. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also feel like violence just begets more violence, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it does, yeah. Right. It's like the people who say the answer to the guns and the shootings is more guns. It's crazy. You know, it just doesn't oh. make sense. Right. I like your your the right. way you were talking about trying to turn the bullies, trying to get to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, along with being a, a presence, say, in these Comic-Cons, it would be nice to get training as to not only de-escalation, but <clears throat> some other way to get to them, to make them sort of rethink what they're doing to this person. There actually is one of the things I do when I go to schools and do trainings is we, we talk about this issue, which is, basically what are the non-punitive responses that you can have towards bullying? Because if you really want to change the bully, you can't just punish and isolate them um, because that just makes them feel anger and, and want to retaliate. So the real new challenge for schools and even in the criminal justice system is how how do you turn someone? And one of the most hopeful things that, that we see um, is using restorative justice. And so I love to go to schools and, and talk to them about the opportunities to bring restorative justice in to their, into their uh, repertoire of, of tools and options when faced with kids who lack empathy. Mm. Now, that is a wonderful thing to bring to the, to the schools. Wonderful. Yeah, it is. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, just, it really changes the conversation because when a child has been bullied, a parent is usually saying, we need to punish the bullies. We, you know, they should be suspended. They should be punished. Parents want a pound of flesh. But if you punish those bullies, they usually get so mad that they, then they say to the kid, next time, if you tell, I'm going to do something worse. So what happens is kids stop reporting the bullying, not because it stopped happening, because they're scared into silence. And then schools stop getting reports of bullying, and they think that they've done this great job and that they don't have bullying. But it's just that it's it's still there. It's just no one will talk about it. So what what you want to do is find a way to change the conversation from how can we punish that kid to switch it and it be how can we get that kid to repair the damage that he or she did. So if you have a kid who did an act of, of hate, towards someone by breaking somebody's phone or by, you know, ruining someone's property. Instead of suspending that child, what you want to do is find a way for that child to repair and restore what's happened. If someone starts a rumor, if someone puts a a mean photo up on Instagram and tags another kid and sends it around, a restorative approach would be to have the kid who did it put up a new photo or a new message saying, "I, I started this rumor. It's not true. Please take, you know, please, please stop passing it around. And then maybe that kid should invite the child who was the target to sit with him or her at lunch for the next week or two to try and stem the ostracization that's happening. And, you know, really work in just a more pro-social restorative way. Yeah, you know, I, you can really see lovely. good things. Right, you can see good things coming from that. Because what is that, one of my favorite sayings is, it's from Abraham Lincoln. It is, I do not like that man. I must get to know him better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Powerful. So you put the right. two, yeah. two kids together, 
who knows? You know, it, it might not be like in the movies where there's an instant bond. But if you do keep them together, say, for a week, there's got to be an affinity that, that well, eventually the, they can connect on. The key is that it has to be done safely. So if you just put the two kids together, you'll you'll have a problem because there's a power imbalance in bullying. And so the kid who is acting as the bully will just intimidate or terrorize the child who's the target. That's why restorative justice is so amazing because the way it works is that there's a trained facilitator. They, the kids, um, they meet in the confidential circle. Mm-hmm. There's a talking piece. There's a respectful situation set up. Um, so it, what, what it is is it's an equal power scenario so they can get to know each other in a safe environment where the protections are in place to help someone who's been victimized feel comfortable. And sometimes if you're going to do a restorative justice circle, if there's been a particularly egregious bullying event, it might take three months to get ready to hold the circle. You know, you might need to provide counseling to the victim for several months, and you might need to work for several months with the the person who was the bully to get that person to be ready to take accountability. Then you have the meeting. So that's one of the beauties of it is that it takes into account all the fear that's been built up. Oh, do, gosh. do you think with um, with with you know? Do you think that that mostly applies to kids, and that there's maybe maybe an age limit, and you can't teach old dogs new tricks, or do you think that no? That so this is actually interesting. Um, I first learned about restorative justice through Britain's criminal justice system. Oh, in Britain, in Britain, for every uh, pound that they spend on criminal ju- on restorative justice, they save eighty pounds in future. Um, court costs because the criminals who have yep it's a one pound to 80 pound savings i wrote about it in my book because um what happens is that the ones who go through restorative justice the recidivism rate is just so much less and and the reason is that when you go through restorative justice you learn to see your victim as a human being and not as an other. And once you see someone as a real person and you work to restore the harm, it's hard to, to, to bully or, or hurt someone because the only reason you're able to bully people is if you see them as less than you so you can turn your conscience off. But the minute that you have to see that person as a person and have empathy for them, then your conscience won't let you do something awful to them again. And yeah. so it's it, it, and it works wonderfully for adults it actually was used for adults first and is now because it's been so successful in the in the criminal system is now being looked at being brought in for schools wow yeah and that's you know, so it's exciting you say that because a lot of the work that we're doing here in new york recently is around homeless uh, outreach and you know one of the things i notice coming over is that, is that people just ignore homeless people as as if they're not there you know it's easier to look mm-hmm. away and not even see them and um, but, yeah. you know, by by basically restoring dignity to the homeless people and treating them like human beings, you're also giving empathy to the volunteers who are working with those homeless people. And it's almost, you know, it's almost double benefits. It, it helps the volunteers and it helps the homeless people. And it's a virtuous circle then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Either reason and is enough. Both, you know, it's all best. about empathy. It's about seeing people as people and not as something lesser, not as someone lesser than you. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty wonderful stuff to see it in action too. Um, I, I mentored for six years at Homeboy Industries, which is um, the world's largest gang intervention program, 
and worked very, very closely with the kids. I still work with a couple of them, but um, but at one point I was working with, um, I taught a class there for four years, and you see guys who are actual Crips and Bloods making friends, making bread together, and praying in the lobby, and being brothers. And these guys, you know, in their previous lives, not that long ago, would have shot each other for fun. And now it's just incredible. And then they have these histories, you know, because they're serious, long family histories. And maybe this guy's brother did kill this guy's brother, but they somehow put it all behind them. And the the idea behind that is that you can't hate somebody that you know. And Mm once you hear somebody's somebody's story and you see them as as a human being who just wants the same things out of life that you do then everything else really fades you know um that's exactly one of the most extreme examples but to see it to see it working is so beautiful and and that's kind of what one of our reasons for wanting to bring in like the un and the anti-defamation league is we feel like these are our just different sized versions of the same issue of a, a a power imbalance or a perceived power imbalance, you know, and just making things equal. Exactly. That is exactly right. One of the things that they tell you to do, actually, if you feel unsafe somewhere, is to try to make eye contact with someone or smile or or get them to acknowledge you as a person because that that little bit of humanizing makes it harder for someone to treat you as less than a person. Yeah. 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 That, We've absolutely. had interactions with some of the homeless people here in, in New York, and they've literally said to me that, that until we came along and, and we just gave them the time of day, you know, we give them a small pack with a bar of soap and a toothbrush and a couple of protein bars, you know, it costs $2. And, and, and th- these guys have literally said to me, um, until you came along, it felt like nobody cared, and it felt like we could have just died here on the sidewalk, and nobody would have cared about us at all. And you know that—that's a pretty horrible thing. But I, I think at the same time, pe- people say to us quite regularly, you know, are you guys just sticking a band-aid over a gaping wound? You know, you're, you're just throwing, you know, your time and effort into something which really doesn't count. But at the same time, I, I like to feel like it's—it's it's more like a, a a rock dropping in a in a lake. You know, there are ripples. Mm-hmm. In the they, they may diminish as they go out, but we're still having an impact that has a wide-reaching effect. Even if it doesn't have a wide reach, even if you just... Even if you comfort one person, person, right? Yeah, it sounds like that one person who said we could have died out here and no one would have noticed. You meant the world to them. And right. I think there's value there. Yeah. Yeah. That's heroism. I mean, that's... Right. I think, you know, and where the pop culture comes in is that's what these stories are about. You know, those are, you know, we're avenging evil, you know, we're bringing justice. And and sounds like you guys are doing a beautiful job of that, Simon. And, and it's, these are just scaled down versions of what the Avengers do, you know, um, <laughs> what every hero's story is really about. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've got to ask. I mean, I want to back up just for a second because Chase, when you were talking about Homeboy Industry, was it mm-hmm. Homeboy now, Industries? Yeah. How did you get involved with that? Because that, you know, I got to be honest. I, I in Deep Space Nine, which we're Specter and I are still geeking over. You know, we're going whoa. Um, you're you're so you're well, you're gorgeous for one thing, 
And if somebody would have said, yeah, she, you know, she uh, works mentoring Crips and Bloods, I would have went, what? <laughs> How did that happen? I I have several good friends who are huge, huge ex-gang members with tattoos all over their face. And I just run up and hug them because they're wonderful. Um, the the It's a weird picture, but uh, the way it happened <laughs> is a friend... Thank you. A friend of mine was marketing a self-help book, and I had a strong background in marketing before I was acting. Um, I was the director of corporate marketing for the L.A. Philharmonic and the Hollywood Bowl. And um, so I kind of knew some ideas and strategies that he could do on a, on a budget. And I said, if you really want to make an impact and want to get some good press, then you should have a charity component to your book because then that's just cooler than bringing it to, like, the downtown women's club, you know? So I said, why don't we take it and see if the self-help works on people who really need it? So we called Homeboy, um, just cold, and said, can we come in and talk to you about this? And they said, sure, and we fell in love. I mean, the book took a backseat. Everything else took a backseat. A lot in my life took a backseat for the next four years because, Yes, you can see the redemption, you know, and you just see how hungry people are for healing. And we would often say that, you know, at Homeboy, we're not just their last stop. We're also their first stop. They have never had a chance before. And my gosh, if you can do that, it, it just makes everything fade. I mean, acting is nice, but that doesn't hold a candle to, to this kind of stuff. And and they don't know I'm an actress either. I don't ever talk about it. Um, wow. But, yeah, take, well, it's, then it's all they want to talk about because, you know, people get fixated by that Hollywood thing. But but very few of them know. And, um, and, and I'll tell you just one other thing, not to ramble, but I would always give a kid my phone number. And I'd actually say, what's your number? Let me call you right now. And I would call him and give him my number. And I'd say, you can call me any time. And... Some of them called me, not very often, but they just knew that they could and that mattered. Um, I have never, and these are multiple felons, these guys have done like 15, 16, 20 years. Never have I had one abuse my number. Wow, that's really amazing. (laughs) Thanks, yeah, yeah. Because love is better, love is bigger, and they know that when you have something that you can offer them, that's this good. Anything they can take from you is less than that. Mhm. Uh, so yeah. I think probably with Carrie and the restorative justice, it's it's much like that. I'm sure that once these bullies who are so insecure realize that there's actual love for them in the world and hope, and mm-hmm. somebody who believes that they can get better, then that can make a, a huge difference in a person's life. Yep. And talk love about a ripple water. effect. Yeah. Yep. Then, the, then that person is putting good into the world instead of bad into the world that's that's a ripple effect that's one of the reasons i've been thinking this the whole time also is is that the the coalition is so important now because i see so many young kids including my own going to these comic cons you know and it's good that they get these examples, you know, they see the signs there that say, you know, it's not consent, it's not, you know, that it's not okay for people to touch you or be in your personal space or to treat you badly, you know, when you're out there in costume 
and then they can take it back with them into their everyday life too. So I, I think this coalition is great, you know, because it reaches them when they're really young. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Carrie going to the grade schools and us talking with kids, little kids who are so sweet at the booth and having that instilled in them, you know, it's it's very beautiful. Well, and it's really the same message. You know, like I work with preschool through adults. And the funny thing is the message is essentially the same. It's, it, you know, it, you serve it up in a more sophisticated way for the older children and um, the older kids. You don't talk about not calling someone a slut or a bitch when you're talking about, you know, to a preschool group. But it's that same idea of treat someone how you want to be treated and and be kind. And my middle daughter is a huge – it's funny, earlier you mentioned Abraham Lincoln. My my middle daughter is a huge Lincophile. And she, <laughs> um, she, so she, she really – she is. She when she was six years old on the on the anniversary of um, Lincoln's death, she dressed up as Lincoln and she did a recitation of the um, Gettysburg Address, including commentary of how she thought it might have been improved. So she's very very into Lincoln. Wow! And so sweet. one of our it- <laughs> one of our favorite quotes of his that she and I both often talk about is. His quote where he said, if any man argues in favor of slavery, I'd like to see it first tried out on himself. And if Mm. you take that same approach, if any man argues in favor of discrimination, if any man or woman argues in favor of racism, you know, whatever it is, and you say, let him first try it out on himself. It just gets back to that whole idea of empathy and treat people the way that you would want to be treated. And all of a sudden you'll find that whether you're in preschool or you're an adult, we all kind of have the same beliefs. Yeah, True. it's that's, that's so beautiful. And that's I'm glad you brought that up, Carrie, about about racism, too, because I, we mm-hmm. see this as, as all, once again, part of the same problem. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully... Um, the coalition can grow enough. And by the way, if there's anyone out there with financing they want to help us do this stuff with, love it. But <laughs> we would love to get to, you know, some of those communities where this has been really an intense issue. And obviously that's everywhere. Um, I mean, I'm in L.A., Carrie's in Chicago. It's a huge issue everywhere. But I just think, you know, who's talking to those kids? Who... Who's talking to the kids whose parents are burning black churches or, you know, having a Confederate flag rally or have done any of those things? Who is getting to the next generation to make sure that they don't grow up the same way, you know? And we see that as part of our work, too, is, you know, if those kids can be reached, it's probably in school um, through people like Carrie and Matt also works in schools. And and we think it's also through pop culture because these are the movies they watch and these are the, um, you know, the TV shows and the games they play. And just think this is a really viable inroad. You know, we we really want to grow this so that we can make an even bigger difference in those ways too. Right, because the goal is to meet people where they're at. You know, and and we say this. Those of us who work with with kids in in this area, we often say you have to meet them where they're at. So for the kids, if where they're at is 
playing video games, if where they're at is watching YouTube videos and going to Comic-Con, then that's where you meet them. That's where you have to find them and reach them. You know, you can't expect them to be sitting and talking about Nietzsche in a coffee house if that's not where they're at. So we go where they are, and then we make it relevant, and we, you know, make it part of the world that they know, and we talk about it. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that's... You know, it's funny, you know, you mentioned about the, I guess, social responsibility, because for me growing up, um, the original Star Trek TV show, and then, you know, when I was a little older, Next Generation, those two shows were some of the most socially responsible and, and had so much social messaging yeah. built into them, particularly the next generation. You know, there was there was so much in there about just, just kindness to fellow humans and tolerance and, and, and so on. And, it, you know, I, I don't know for kids these days whether there is an equivalent of, of that kind of messaging, you know, on on the kind of media that they're, they're buried in. Unfortunately, the studies that we that we read show that much of the media our kids are exposed to not only doesn't have a pro-social message like that, but is very harmful. I mean, yeah. a lot of the reality-based TV shows, they are built on a message of com- competition above collaboration and, um, mm. you know, looks are everything. And if somebody has a conflict with you, instead of working it out, you figure out how you can win at all costs and throw them under. So we're desperately in need of a little more socially responsible um, media and programming for kids. And people reaching out in person like you do, which is fantastic. Now, how do you you choose which schools you get to go to? I mean, is it just the ones in the immediate area? Because it sounds like this should be everywhere, you know, getting out. Well, that's... That's why we're actually in the process of becoming a 501c3 so that we – I know, I know. And that is – because right now the honest truth is um, we are all self-funded, so we go to conventions, we we work at conventions and and whatnot. But at this point, I can only go to the schools that can, like, bring me in because I've got, you know, three kids and can't just fly all over the country – uh, pro bono, or you wouldn't be able to right. survive. So, um, so the the hope is that when we are a five hundred one c three and we have some funds, then schools that couldn't bring us in, we can still go to, um, and we can still bring the programs to them. But I, you know, I I go I go wherever a school can bring me in, and I I try and make it very reasonable for different school districts to bring me in. That's cool, great. Right? So, well, Right. What we think is, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, 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 I was just going to say, and often the ones that can't afford to bring you in, they're probably the ones that need you the most, you know. Right. So the well, five, fortunately, five are great. Yeah. Right. We're hoping to get so those great. underwritten. I, I happen to live in Chicago where there's a huge amount of need, and so it's very easy for me to provide the services at a low cost here because I don't have to travel um, to those schools. So I probably provide the most service to needy schools within the Chicago community, but it's I can't, for example, just go fly over to random states and help those needier communities without the massive cost of travel. So, right. you know, we're hoping that it places that need us that are not drivable for me or for Matt or for Chase, that's when having a 501c3 particularly will be wonderful. And they, someone, can, someone can underwrite them. And, and hopefully also as we grow, and we really think we can do this, um, as this understanding is, it gets more 
prevalent that we can reach kids through pop culture and, and we're the only team doing this in this field is maybe Carrie and Matt can train trainers. Mm-hmm. They can they can right. train leaders. So we can have real teams and right. then that'll be easier and Carrie can stay home with her kids more and you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but in well, the meantime, and that's yeah, we're, the best part is training people. That's really where you become sustainable, right? Because if you yeah. if you plant if you plant a field for a man, you feed him for that season. If you teach him how to plant his own field, then you you feed him for life. And so, the the goal is to teach uh, the teachers. And actually, so today and yesterday, I've been it's back to school season, and so I've been running crazy doing teacher trainings and workshops where the goal is actually teach the teachers all this stuff so that they can then be the ambassadors of it for the students in their classes. And that is how it becomes more self-sustaining. Pretty exciting. That, now talk about ripples. That'd be fantastic. Can you imagine if, you know, you guys get, I'm seeing this wonderful future where this just becomes the norm, where all these teachers go through this training and, and they can pass on and they can handle bullying because I've seen teachers, I mean, have you guys ever seen that documentary, Bully? Yes. It's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Right, yeah. and then and you see the teachers. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard to yeah. watch. And in fact, I think yeah. I I watched it once, and then again, just to make sure that I saw everything that I thought I saw the first time. But th- even the teachers don't know. A lot of yep. them don't know how to handle bullying. So well, you and know, that's actually a big problem. That there are many teachers who do care. They really do, but they do nothing because they don't know what to do. And I have right. found that in working with schools, and then yeah. they get a bad rep as these heartless people but a lot of them have said to me we don't we don't know what to do you know what are we supposed to do and so they just pretend they don't see it it's like with the homeless and other things when people don't know how to make it better the worst thing is to just pretend you don't see it but that's what a lot of people do right or criticize that you are doing something right it's like okay well what are you doing let's just (laughs) but but yeah it's it's pretty exciting but in the meantime we're flying ourselves and, you know, so we're really, really hoping to grow this thing soon. We're flying ourselves into New York Comic Con and, and uh, you know, hotels and airfare and all of that. And, and we believe in this work, but hopefully we'll have some people climb on board soon. So um, if there is anybody out there who wants to make a contribution, um, you can email us through our website. Um, it's info at popculturehero.com. Um Info at popcultureherocoalition.com. And on Twitter, we are at Superhero IRL. Um, yep. We're going we're gonna to put all that up. Uh, we always, any links that you guys ever give us, we put all on our page. And in fact, Carrie, your book, now I want to read it. Like, page, oh, yeah. You, know, cover you would love cover it. And, and, yeah, it's yeah. a pretty cool story. It's, it's fantastic. A- yeah, you can. You, it's, I can send you a link, or you can find it. It's everywhere: Amazon and Barnes Noble and everything. It's called "Bullied: What Every Parent, Teacher, and Kid Needs to Know About Ending the Cycle of Fear," and it's um, it's published by Harper Collins. Okay. Yeah, we're getting all that information right now. So fantastic! Great. Now, well, I was going to throw out there as well. You know, yeah. we, we have a, a little. Uh, I say little. It, it's been fairly successful, uh, probably more so than we were expecting, but we have a documentary that uh, Rock and, and, and the team have been putting together where essentially they traveled across the country looking for acts of real-life heroism. And, and uh, the, the documentary is called Nation of Heroes. 
and uh, mm, cool. the last one for mm. a group in Utah who, who have raised a huge army of volunteers who go out and feed the homeless and do use needle pickups and, and all sorts of good work. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it would be awesome if, uh, if we were able to kind of follow you on one of these conventions and, you know, document for, for the documentary, even just for a half hour, the kind of work that you do and, and really kind you of... You should come to our booth. Yeah. Yes, if you're going to be in New York Comic Con, come to the booth. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a booth there, definitely. That would be fantastic. And we'll have um, Carrie's doing a panel, Matt's doing a panel, and then we're all doing our big panel. So mm-hmm. um, we're pretty busy there. Um, so, yeah, please do come by, and we would love love for you to cover us there. I'm already looking up New York Comic Con dates. <laughs> already looking up the dates. and look at, Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. October 8th through the 11th. Thank you, 8th through the 11th. Okay, you know, that's yeah. that's a... That's doable for. It might not be doable for Spectre because he's doing a um, a Warrior Dash. We're part of a team called uh, Misfits uh, for Life, and it's 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 fantastic. This this woman, uh, Denise Messino, um, her her real life superhero moniker is uh, Misfit. It's because she's a Miss Olympia runner up, and she's just she's got you know the most amazing body from bodybuilder all her life but she's got the biggest heart of gold and for the past four years she has um, um, raised money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital by getting everybody to join her team and in the past four years they've raised over $50,000 for St. Jude's and we all do the Warrior Dash which is is that mud run that that is just really kind of it's fun but it's kind of scary at the same time but specter's doing that this year um october 10th so um you know he he may not be able to but i may be able to come to new york and cover you guys so that'd be fan that would be fantastic fantastic that would be that'd really be cool fun. yeah really fun. i can't thank i can't really think i can't think of a of an organization that that should be on uh our, our documentary web series is called nation of heroes i can't think of an organization that should be on there more right now than than this one, so that'd be fantastic. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yes, yes that. I think that would be great. Yeah. Now, Spectre, did did I hear that you guys? Uh, and we understand you guys are very busy. So, did I hear that we only get you for an hour, and then uh, and then you have to go? I was just going to say, Carrie, are, are you? I, I really I know do need to. I have a super early morning tomorrow. Um, okay. So, I but you know, if it Chase, if you're able to stay, great. If not. Yeah, uh, I, I can know. give you a few more minutes. Carrie, I'll stand and tell them about Matt's Hero Roundtable and um, a little bit more about what Matt does because I want to put in That would be awesome. For- that right. would be awesome. Fantastic. Okay. And thank you right. so much, Carrie, and have have a, a great rest of the night. We really appreciate this, oh, and I can you. really look forward to reading that book. Oh, man, i got to pick it up. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, and yeah. I, I enjoyed talking with you, and I hope that I get to see you in New York. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Okay, thank you very okay. much. Carrie, okay, yeah, you have, Yay. Okay, you too. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, talk okay. to you later. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Now, I'm sorry Hi, that we didn't get Matt, that we didn't get Matt on, but you were going to tell us you know, about your roundtable? I'll, t- I'll tell you something. Matt deserves his own segment. If you guys have a slot in the next couple weeks, I think you should um, maybe see about talking to Matt. He is amazing, and he, like Carrie said, he is the reason that we changed our our name from Anti-Bullying Coalition to a more pro-social hero coalition. 
Um, Matt has worked extensively with heroism experts worldwide. In fact, he runs, he produces the only heroism concert, a uh, concert, what am I saying? Heroism um, uh, convention in the world. Um, it's an international heroism con, and it's called the Hero Roundtable. And he brings in people who have worked in heroism or people who have done ho- major heroic things to have a talk um, on stage, um, you know, and, and basically do panels on heroism and study heroism and figure out what it is that drives people to do heroism, what what kind of training they have had just in terms of becoming who they are to you know, that they didn't even know was training, but what are the thought process of heroes that make them jump in front of that subway train and grab the person just in time or, or that do things in, in, in whatever it is in, in any way that stick up for someone who's been bullied right in front of them or um, just any, I mean, heroism acts both every day and, 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 and bigger. Um, Anyway, I'm rambling, but I can't say enough good things about Matt. He, um, his name is Matt Langdon, and he is Australia-based. Um, so he comes in um, just occasionally for different purposes. He's joining us at New York Comic Con. He was at San Diego Comic Con. And um, his Hero Roundtable is going to be in Michigan, September 18th and 19th. And... Um, it's just so exciting. I, I'm, I know I'm rambling, but he had, like, Daniel Ellsberg, who blew the whistle on the Vietnam War, and right. Colleen, Colleen, Colleen Rowley, who um, was one of the major journalists who uncovered the truth about um, the Gulf War and a lot of stuff that was going on. And he had, you know, 911 responders, and he had people who work in all sorts of heroic things, doing things like working with kids, working with people who are sick. Um, it's just a wonderful weekend to be able to absorb other people's stories and energy that love this stuff. So check it out, you guys, HeroRoundTable.com. Oh, absolutely. And we, we're going to, you know, I think, Spectre, what do you think? we got to get him on the show. <laughs> oh, my goodness, on the show, on yeah. the documentary. I mean, it, yeah, really. Right? Exactly. It's pretty Every- exciting. Matt's amazing. We're really proud to partner with him. Um, he also runs uh, um, work in schools, and his his team is called the Hero Construction Company. And again, it's it's teaching heroism. Hero Construction. So, wow, that's fantastic. Hero, yeah, that, wow. I think it's theheroconstructioncompany dot com, and he's theherocc on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we really believe that this stuff can be taught and learned, you know, like math or English or history. This should be something that kids learn in schools and that they have as, as one of the, you know, one of the fun, I believe, one of the required subjects, really, because this is what's going to make the world a better place. Right. No, you know, no one really teaches you this specifically. They can teach you social studies, mm-hmm. but no one's going to teach you how to not be a bully, how to respect others, how to feel empathy, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. It should be right. Right. Yeah, thanks. It's pretty exciting. You know, and there's a lot in the world that will teach you not to be. So we really need the, the support that that this kind of mindset gives. You know, right. we need to give some 
to, to everything we're saying tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, Chase, I must, I must say, I, one of the things that I read, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago after Connecticut was um, the story of, um, well, I, yeah, I guess it must have been after San Diego Comic-Con when you had some, some published stories online. And it, it was all about uh, the session that you did with John Barrowman. Um, oh, my gosh. Talking about his own, and, and this really, really got to me, but he, he was talking about his own childhood experience of being uh, locked in a school locker and uh, yeah. bullies shoving him in a locker, locking the door and padlocking it with his padlock. And uh, yeah. a, a young girl creeping up to the door and whispering, what, what's your combination, and, and letting him out. And you and I, I hate to quote <laughs> you back at yourself, but uh, you, you said uh, in, in this panel, um, it all started with one girl outside your locker asking for your combination, and the combination is love. The combination is yeah. making a difference. We all love superheroes. Why not be one? Make, make a stand for who you are and make a stand to make a difference for somebody else. And that to me is... Yay! <laughs> Thanks. Well, that's what we live for. I mean, that's what, you know, it's so exciting. It's just, it's, when you get to see the kind of healing that that brings, you know, you think, gosh, I could spend all day doing this. Right. And you know that, and that's exactly the core of, of what we do in the Hero Initiative Group as well. You know, we whether it's feeding a homeless person, whether it's you know taking a, a gay person who's been you know living in terror and teaching them some basic self-defense so that they you know they feel brave enough to walk out outdoors again, and just seeing the reaction from another human being who feels like they matter again is is incredible. Yeah, pretty incredible, huh? Yay! Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey uh, Chase. Yeah. I haven't yeah. said a lot this session. Uh, this is Bug. I've been running the board this whole time. <laughs> um, Hi, Bug. Hey. So we had. A, we were wondering if you could do us a favor. Um, we have some promos that we've recorded from past guests, and we wondered if you'd be willing to add your name to the list. I would be happy to. Yes, please. That would be awesome. Just a quick, you know, you. hi, this is Chase Masterson, and you're listening to Heroes 101 Radio, and if you feel like being clever, you can, but you don't have to <laughs> if you don't particularly want to. Okay. Um, I don't know what you're clever ready, to no do. Sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not always good at clever, like on the spot. But um, it's totally okay. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I think I'll just do it straight. Okay, just regular. Right on. Um. And Wait. I'm sorry. So, so, and you're listening to Heroes 101 Radio. Heroes 101 Radio. Okay, great. Yeah. Hi, this is Chase. Hi, this is Chase Masterson, founder of the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, and you're listening to Heroes 101 Radio. Perfect. Yes. Yay, I'm geeking out so hard right now. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. Thanks. Now, now we know Thank that you. you've got to get going, so we, we, we appreciate you taking the extra time that you did um, to, to give us more, especially about Matt, because now I'm just going to research all about him and the Hero Roundtable. That that sounds fantastic. So, um, thank you. It's exciting. And and like you said, there's a lot. It's, I I like what you said about there's not a lot out there that teaches kids. You know, there, I mean, there's a lot out there that teaches kids how to not be so great while they're growing up. You know, and such. And right. and it's it's great that you guys are bringing this balance because you know we we've got kids and and we love the fact that there's something like this out there should they need it you know and that's important yeah we can make it a better world guys right i mean we really can there's steps we can take and it's i mean i think our main 
you know, our our other main um, point here is it's fun. This is fun stuff. You know, it's it's right. pretty much a blast when you get to bring this kind of healing. So, so yeah. So again, anybody who might want to support us, if you could email us at info at popcultureherocoalition dot com, we would love that. And um, thank you so much for having us on tonight. We really, I, I've had a blast. Oh man, the pleasure is ours, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Spectre's Thank been you. talking so- about it forever, so I'm going, yeah, it's tonight's the night. So <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. And, and hey, everybody, they're going to be at New York Comic Con, so if you're in the New York area, you got to get out there. Get out to their booth. Yes. That just, yeah, you may see me there. I'm, I'm, I'm really going, okay, let me check out the flights and <laughs> everything else out there. So... Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. I would love it. Thank you so much, guys. It's been fun. Awesome. Cool, Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. All right. Yeah, you too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. 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 So, Rock, man, my my mind is blown. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where we go from I, there. I don't <laughs> smoke, but if I did, I would I would be lighting up right now. <laughs> wow. It has to end here. Yeah, <laughs> Bugs going, okay, it can't get any better. So, um, well, you know what? We're going to put up, if you guys missed any of those links, uh, especially if you're hearing this in an archived show, uh, if you missed any of those links, you can always go to our page, and uh, and the night bug will put the, the links up there. Um, I don't know about you, Spectre, but I've, I've just been inspired for all kinds of things um, because of those ladies. They're what they're doing is, you know, I thought what we were doing was fantastic, and it is, but wow, talk about getting out there and filling a need that really Absolutely. needs to be met. Yeah, oh, you man. Know, and, and I must say, it, it's been a long time since we had guests on the show where there was such a synergy between what they do and what we do, and, you know, I, I love the thought of the opportunity of working together where we could and, you know, just, just mutually helping each other out. There's, you know, there's not enough people out there doing good things that you can ignore an opportunity like that. Right, exactly. It's it's. I I don't believe that you running into them and and getting on the show was um, a coincidence. I mean, um, was it, yeah. It's it's definitely meant to be. <laughs> so I think that there's a couple of opportunities for growth uh, on both parts here and and for connection. Absolutely, you know. Uh, I could I could see you guys out there in costume. Uh, patrolling oh. comic cons, you know, and Bring I think both. that no- I, could, I could take my right? mirror and I could smack people upside the head with Thor's hammer if they were getting inappropriate, you know. Right. Well, well, I think I think what we need to do is we need to get trained by Carrie on how to handle it properly. <laughs> that way, that way we don't have to damage Mjolnir. M- Mjolnir. <laughs> I'm how, did, how did she say? I know, I know you are. I, what did she say? Mjolnir. 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 On uh, remember on on, on the first Thor movie. She couldn't say Mjolnir. She said, "Does the does the hammer make like one of those little bonking sounds? That would be hilarious uh, if there were uh, teams of people with little bonking hammers, like they they spot they spot oh, people like doing it. stuff not supposed to just do 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 do. <laughs> whack them all. Yeah, like whack, whack them all. Whack all. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> oh man. But you know their message is is it's it's brilliant because really I I. Love it. Anything, especially for kids, when they're talking about the emphasis on on kids, yeah, the next generation, they're absolutely right. You know, you see those. Oh my God, that awful video! I couldn't even watch it. Of the uh, the 
anti, what is it, the, the KKK rally, and they've got kids out there. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you, you pass this on to your child. That's the next generation. There are organizations out there who just preach hate. You know, you've got people like the Westboro Baptist Church who are just hate mongers. Right. Right. You know, the, it encourages me that we're seeing more and more groups like our guests tonight. And, and you know, there are so many more who are, you know, on, on the moral, on the good side of morals and, and going in the right direction and, and not being mired by the past. And, you know, but I think at the same time, we can't get complacent and just rely on the fact that other people are doing that good work and society's moving in the right direction. Um, you know, it, it's really there for everybody to chip in and do their part. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, if more people thought that way, we wouldn't have a need for this coalition. But, you know, unfortunately, the reality is we do. Um, I I was going to say, and I I don't want to dwell on it because it's not quite confirmed yet, but I met somebody tonight who may also be an awesome future guest on a show which is a little more geared towards the ladies. Um, Uh We'll talk about that afterwards, and uh, I'll give you the lowdown, and we'll uh, we'll fill our listeners in next week. But... um, but, you know, before we get on to future stuff, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's been happening within the Hero Initiative group, which seems a little smaller after talking to our guests tonight, but uh, I still right. think uh, <laughs> it's worth talking about. Um, so Nation of Heroes Episode 2, holy crap, was that good. <laughs> and I, I just mean, took a glass of water right when you said that. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so if, if nobody knows, I mentioned Nation of Heroes earlier on. It's it's Rock, it's Vector, it's Bug, it's uh, you know Temper, and a bunch of other people from the Hero Initiative group and and other groups who have travelled around the country, um, filming. You know, every, I guess um, I was going to say small acts of heroism, but it's not even small acts. It's you know some of them are very substantial. Um, and episode two that came out uh, last week or the week before. Um, is all about the Legacy Initiative, who are based out of Salt Lake City in Utah, and it, it's incredible. You know, I, I've literally I watched it within two days of it being released. I watched it three times. You know, once with my kids, once with my wife, once with coworkers in the office, and everybody who watches it is blown away by just the humanity of that of that episode. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. And it's on uh, YouTube. Taking Initiative, Nation of Heroes. Yeah, you know, that thing is a, it's a labor of love. So um, any time that's spent putting those together, you know, it, actually I I feel like it's, you know how they always say you got to give back? It just occurred to me that um, while I'm talking to you right now, one of the reasons I love it so much is because I was privy to what was going on when these people were committing their acts of heroism. You know, I had the good fortune to be right there to to talk to these wonderful people who are, you know, they don't have a lot of money. Some of them have no money, and yet that doesn't stop them from doing something good. Uh, I want to say for their community, but you know what? It's it's for the world because you know that the one person that you affect that's their world. So um, for me, these uh, these these episodes are uh, uh, giving back. To uh, especially to well to whoever allows me to to come in and 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 tell their story, so um, I, I would encourage you guys to watch because there's a lot we were talking about all the negativity. Um, man, I I'm sorry I just get really tired of Kim and Kanye and if I've offended you I, I I'm Don't actually I'm not I'm not apologizing but I, I get really tired of those two uh, making it all about. Uh, 
you know, just what you can acquire in the world, what you can get for you instead of what you can give back. And I agree with Carrie, what she said earlier about the shows that, that emphasize competition above collaboration. So Nation of Heroes is, is what we hope to be a breath of fresh air and, and a little bit of of hope to give back to you when you're going, oh, my God, I hate the world. I hate everybody. And that's, we've all seen that. We all see when people get that way. We we get that way, right, Spectre? I, you know, where you're just like, ah, you know, yep. I hate everybody. And then, you know, we, we hope, we take a look at these Nation of Heroes episodes. And, and within the, the first few minutes, we hope you go, what? What are these people doing? Oh, that's pretty cool. Wow. Okay. So they're still good in the world. And there's a ton of good in the world. And that's what those episodes are for. They're, they're to give you back some, some semblance of hope. Yeah, and you know what, it, it certainly inspired us in the New York team to the point where, you know, we, we, we were doing work, we were doing regular homeless outreaches and so on, but there was, you know, there was a lack of consistency on our side. And, you know, one of the things you see from the, the Legacy Initiative is they do everything like clockwork, you know, they never miss a beat. That everything that they do, they everything they promise on, they deliver and more. And, um, you know, that's something that we're really trying to stick to now. We have a regular Thursday night outreach um, you know, we, we put in everything ourselves. All of the members just contribute, you know, a, f- a few small pieces here and there to, to make it all come together. And, uh, and you know, last week's one was better than we've ever had before. You know, more volunteers, more homeless people reached. And, you know, you can already see just having that consistency and, and also kind of the awareness that people are volunteers and they don't have all the time and all the resources in the world. You know, trying to make it easy and fun for people to be involved. Um, and, and already there's a different vibe to it. it it's really, uh, really positive and optimistic over this side right now. Oh, see, and that's that's what we hope to inspire. See, and see, they did. They inspired you guys to do that. Um, you're right. The consistency is important. If you guys are listening, you're going, well, I don't have a team, and I don't have, you know, the money to do. You know what? You can pick, grab a garbage bag, pick up garbage around your neighborhood. Um, if you do it consistently, pretty soon people notice, and they go, hey, what are you doing? Can I join you? And that's how it grows. Because the Legacy Initiative now has over, oh gosh, 600 people on the roster. And at any given outreach, they've got like 100 people volunteering to help. And they started with nothing. Uh, And started with just a couple of people who said, you know, why don't we try to help uh, feed the homeless and give them clothing every now and then. And even if it's not any homelessness, it's showing people that someone still gives a damn about them. That's important. Um, so uh, before I forget, uh, someone in the uh, chat room has asked a question, and uh, it's actually Geek Pile Radio. Thank you for being there. Uh, they've asked what the next uh, Taking Initiative Nation of Heroes episode is about. Well, it's it's our next stop on the trip we took. Because we, did, we, we piled into a van and took a trip two years ago across America. We hit 27 states in 25 days. And the next episode is where we ended up next, which is in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. And, um, yeah, I just went there with my little Elvis uh, imitation. Why are we in Vegas? Well, there's a guy there who runs something called the Hero School. And what the Hero School is, is uh, it it basically takes homeless um, members of of Las Vegas, you know, culture and brings them in to teach them how to no longer be homeless and it sounds like yeah but not everybody wants to do that well not everybody does 
but there are those who do, to the tune of over 30,000 people who have been helped by the Hero School by this one particular person, Tiger Todd. That's his real name. Tiger Todd uh, used to own a string of electronic stores, but at one point changed what he did and now reaches out, goes out on the street and invites people into his Hero School seminars where he helps them learn how to get out of being homelessness and how to change what's been keeping them there in the first place. And he also helps them to get clothing for job interviews and helps them to get their social security cards, their licenses, things that are really hard to acquire, to reacquire once you've become homeless and lost all your possessions. So this guy's doing something really heroic, and we went there next, and you can learn all about it in the next episode, which is coming out in mid-September. So, wow, that's that's not too far away. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff stacking up all of a sudden. Uh, I don't know, there's... Uh, I've got a, a 10K run that I'm training for at the moment at the end of September. Then we've got the Warrior Dash, which is, uh, you know, that, that's that's kind of cropping up to be a big deal for me, both uh, physically I've been desperately training. You know, I actually got bitten by a snake when I was uh, when I was training for this a few weeks ago. The, the day that I went to Connecticut Comic Con, I was out running in the morning, and, uh, and, and you know, the snake obviously wasn't poisonous because we don't have that many poisonous snakes around here, but... Um, the bacteria in the in the fangs actually caused me an infection in my ankle and took me out of action and for it, a couple of weeks. It looked terrible. That picture it, it you put sucks. up was like, what the heck? I'm really lucky it wasn't. I'm really happy it wasn't poisonous because holy crap. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I've even given up alcohol, which is which is a big deal for me. I, alcohol's been my uh, constant friend and companion. You, you brew your you you make your own mead for crying out loud. Yeah, so. Bottles of mead here. I haven't had a drop, and I'm not going until oh. uh, October 10th when that Warrior Dash is done. <laughs> exactly. See, you're good. Good on you. Good on you. Um, the jury, jury's still out on whether I can still go or not, but we'll see. So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to train as if I can. Great. The the Warrior Dash. I wanted to say we. We're still accepting sponsorship. We've uh, we're up to over eight thousand dollars raised across the team at the moment. So if anybody wants to sponsor us, we'll, we'll put the link up later. But uh, we would uh, very much appreciate anything you can give to us. Any anything that you could give, not to us, I should say, but to the uh, St Jude's Children's Hospital, who do an incredible job of uh, giving free um, free medical care to children with cancer and other terminal diseases, and, and looking after those children's families as as they're going through you know the worst time that parents could ever imagine so there is no better cause and if you know if you've got anything from a dollar just uh please do contribute that would be uh, much appreciated absolutely and you can find uh you know specter can you you want to give them a link to where they can if they forget about oh shoot where can i go to um Will you put one up maybe on your Facebook page or Heroes? Yeah, we'll well, put I mean, one up on Facebook. The easiest place to get to is, um, is, uh, is Misfit's site, which is active-ism.com. And that's uh, active, A-C-T-I-V-E-dash, so that like a minus sign or a hyphen, I-S-M, active-ism.com. And that has links to all of our profiles and uh, stupid pictures and uh, all of that, all of that good <laughs> stuff. So uh, anything you can contribute would be great. Right. Right. Now, we've got three minutes left in the show, um, so I think that, you know, I'm still kind of buzzing off of the fact that we had those 
those two on the show. That's wow. <laughs> that's uh, we, we're very uh, rarely rendered speechless, but I'm kind of going Duh, right now and. Yeah, you and me both. But I'll tell you what, I'll share a story for you because, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that I thought both Carrie and Chase were just incredibly optimistic, positive people who just are doing a great amount of good, but they obviously love what they're doing and just have a great time with it as well. And uh, Mm -hmm. and so tonight I was at a a mayoral debate, and I've never been to anything like that before. It was a little surreal as a foreigner, and as someone who's not allowed to vote as well, so a little little (laughs) way. But uh, um, so, and there are five candidates for a, a town near me, which is a very um, problematic town. They have lots and lots of social issues, and uh, so th- these five candidates are sat on the stage, and four of them are just talking smack about each other, just putting each other down. When you were in when you were in office, you messed up with this, this, and this, and you got the lowest votes ever known to anyone, and and you know personal life things were coming out, and it was really. Uh, Everything came to the lowest common denominator as people were putting each other down. And, and then they had their closing arguments about why they would be the best mayor ever and uh, why everyone else sucks. And uh, there was one candidate there who we actually went out for drinks with afterwards um, who who'd said nothing bad about the others at all. And she sat there very quietly. And at the end, she said, I'm not even asking you to vote for me. I'm just asking you to listen to the arguments that were put forward here tonight and vote for the best candidate who you think will do best by your city. And, uh, you know, there was something about the quiet dignity and the fact that she didn't put anyone down. She just, uh, you know, she just talked about her own policies, what she was going to do with the budget and, and, you know, ways that she was going to improve the community. And, uh, you know, I'm sure she's going to win that that vote hands down by a a mile. Um, And, you know, I think it says something about the fact that if you treat people with respect and if you treat people with dignity and if you act with dignity, you're going to get that back in spades. And I think that comes back to exactly what Carrie and Chase were saying earlier on in this show. Absolutely. There's a big lesson here, especially in this show. It's, uh, God, you know, energy begets energy. So, you know, that good stuff that you put out and treating people like humans, you know, like the way you'd want to be treated. Well, you're absolutely right. It'll come back to you. So I... I'm being. I, I hope that, like like us, our listeners are left with that feeling after after hearing this show. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe you just you know happen to bump into someone from Star War, Star Trek at a uh, comic convention while you're dressed as. Actually, I was dressed as Qui Gon Jinn when I bumped into Chase Masterson. Oh man! A, a Star Trek That's versus hilarious. Star Wars moment, but. Uh, um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in life? And uh, as you say, you put out some positive energy, maybe something will come back to reward you from that. And if not, Absolutely. hell, you've done something good, enjoy it. Right, and you can sleep better at night, and that's important. So. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of sleeping better, we got to let you guys go, because in New York it is, what, midnight now? Getting close. So. <laughs> yep. All right, well, thanks for listening. Thanks to everyone in our chat room. Thank you to my awesome co-host. Thank you as well, and thank you to our awesome guests tonight and to Bug for manning the boards as ever, and we will talk to you uh, same bat time, same bat channel next week. Woo! Have a good, safe one, guys. Be a hero!
wasn't such a chore, now was it? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.